life experiences that are tangled in leadership. This is the 2120 Podcast. You know, we're just two guys that started a podcast over coffee, talking about some of the things that we learned through leadership and business. And we decided to make a show about it, bringing you the insights and experiences that you can apply in your work and in your relationships. But we are so glad you're here because passing life lessons on is a gift we can all benefit from. Okay, we're going. So we are sitting at my house. We have a guest who is my neighbor down the street, Andrew. Let me give you a quick backstory on Andrew. Uh, met him probably a year ago now. And once we moved in, we talked, started hanging out and do some things. Uh, he recently did a 24-hour event. Came back home. We talked about that. Very intrigued. Then we, he did a half Ironman where literally the day before, him and I are riding the glow trail and we're adjusting his bike so he can go out and ride. <laughs> so a bike that he has, how many miles did you have on? 10. 10 miles. Oh, wow. 10 miles on a bike. Yeah. It, has, <laughs> it wasn't adjusted, so I'm literally riding behind him on the side. We'd pull over and make some adjustments and... He's like, all right, I think this is good. I'm going to go. So basically, no training. He runs. I mean, very athletic guy, but you're not, you weren't ready for it. Right, yeah. Does that, comes back, and then literally a week or two later, he leaves for Colorado again to do a 32-hour event. Yeah. Yeah, so 32-hour event, right? I I don't know what we're talking about. What's the the event? So imagine, so I, I was talking to somebody out in my yard about, him and what he was doing. Uh, I said, like, there's been times where I've been up for like 24 hours, but like I was partying. Like I was having, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't physically exerting myself for 24 hours. So the name of the event is diesel day, diesel day. Mm-hmm. And it's out in Colorado. Yep. In Boulder. At Boulder, Colorado at a guy's house. Yep. And who's this guy? So backstory on diesel day, uh, gentlemen, Named Brian Sean Tosh goes by Tosh. He's retired major in the Marine Corps, uh, Navy Cross recipient, just all around badass guy. Outside of that, mm. pretty heavily involved with CrossFit. Used to work for them, do some seminars, things like that. They basically hired him to come out during clinics and just crush people. It's really good. And then he started doing ultra endurance events of just like, how can I link my leadership, what I'm saying? And then have my actions emulate that and go test it. So he did uh, Moab 240, 240 mile desert run. He did um, one in Minnesota. He did it four times. It's northern Minnesota, 135 miles. Arrowhead, Arrowhead 135. Carry your own sled with all your gear, 135 miles through the snow. Did it four times. Quit twice. Finished twice. Um, then just through like this guy's like you talk about the three events that I've done in the last month or two, you know, it's girl scout stuff compared to the things that he's putting on. He, he got challenged by the guy that hosts GM of sport for CrossFit, host the games prior Navy seal. They got in a conversation and about running on the hour and they're having beers and bullshitting. And can we say bullshitting on here? Absolutely. You can. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to have to leave. No, you're good. (laughs) And it basically got in a conversation, right? It's it's Marine, it's a it's a SEAL guy, team guy, and they're going back and forth. And he's saying, yeah, I could do that. And he said, no, you can't do that. 
And then, you know, and he's not someone to do something. He doesn't want to win. He doesn't want to train for an Ironman and win an Ironman or win the CrossFit Games. Those accolades don't mean anything to him, but it's like pushing himself, like testing myself. Can I do hard stuff? Am I who I say I am? Because mm-hmm. a, a lot of us aren't. Sure. And so that's kind of him. Like, I'm going to, I talk about this stuff. I preach this. You can sign up for, you can go search leadership seminars and there's a million. You can go spend a million dollars and schedule one every weekend. But then finding people who really live that lifestyle, like thousand percent, is probably few and far between. So after that bet, having beers, man of his word. So he said, all right, on my, on my property, which is 30 acres in Boulder. I'm going to run this trail. I think it's like three laps is 2.5 miles. Then he has a true form runner, which is the arced runner. You don't turn it on, right? You just, your, your own motion propels it. So he ran one hour on the trail, one hour on the true form, 2.5 miles on the hour for a hundred hours. The goal. So his bet was that someone did it for 72 and he said, you couldn't do it for 96. And he said, I could, I wouldn't. He said, why wouldn't you do it for 96? And he said, it's not a good number. I'm going to do it for 100. I do it for 100. He got to 100, and he was like, I could just, like, he won. So he got to pick any of Dave's guns. So you get to choose a, one of the Navy SEALs. That is so fancy, cool. Fancy guns. Um, so he does stuff like that, and it's, like, out of personal accolade, like, proving to himself. There's a video uh, on the interwebs of him picking out a tree on his property, and he said, I just want to pick a big tree and cut it down. I want to see how far I can get in 24 hours cut it down, cut it into chunks, cut it into wood, drag it all back to his property. Just, I want to do hard work, put myself through something I haven't done before. So he came up and back in his military time, he had these events that he would do with his guys. And this is someone who was like, you know, initial Fallujah Marine. Like you look up his Navy cross citation. He's a, he's a bad dude. It's a big deal. And when he used to put his guys through this training, it was like, let's, you can't, you know, do certain things that are going to happen in combat. You can't do that in garrison as you're preparing. So you have to create different stressors to try to emulate how you're going to respond when combat happens. So we got really good at putting you in those environments without, you can't, like when you're going into a simunitions training, like fake, you know, fake bullets shooting at you, you, you go into it loading your own fake bullets. You know, you have fake bullets. So it has to take other stressors to put you in the mindset of, hey, this is real. Hey, this is real stress. Hey, this is real anxiety. How am I really going to handle the real thing? So you have to use different kind of adaptations to get there. I think he learned how to do that with physical exertion. <coughs> so he made these events, runs a bunch of people through them, and their scores mean nothing, right? There's some bragging rights to it, but it really means nothing. And the 24-hour one, it's the exact, not the exact same thing, but it's basically the same four-hour block. There's a trail. You're going to run the trail. Gives you X amount of points. You can carry a plate with you. Adds more points. And the plate is how much or how heavy? 55 pounds. So a 55-pound plate you can take with you and run this trail. Yeah, sure. It sounds good. Yeah, it sounds easy, right? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and you just, you have two hours, run as many laps as you can. And then you have an hour block that you're on, uh, cardio equipment, rower, salt bike, air runner. And then that gives you X amount of points for distance or calories. And then you have push-ups, pull-ups, or burpees. And those each give you a certain amount of points. Then you repeat that six times. So that's 24 hours. Yeah. So 24 hours where most people have a eight hour, 10 hour work day. Like, and then they go home and they relax like this. There's, this is 24 hours straight of just exerting yourself. You know, like I just can't wrap my mind around it. I really, I really can't. I mean, I think it's to talk about it. Like, you know, you know, I've talked about it multiple times mm-hmm. now. I still go, like, how do you, how do you do it? You know, mm-hmm. like for your first time, you had no idea what you're getting yourself into. He just goes, I'm just going to go, I'm going to show up and, and do this. 
And, you know, I, if, if I remember right, you were up late drinking beers the night before, like mm-hmm. truly probably not putting your body in the best position to be in a 24 hour event the next day. And then you do this event and there was times where like it was bad for you, but you, you ended up finishing it and it's pretty, and you set some pretty good, cool records and mm-hmm. like you want, I mean, you did a good, great job. So walk me through the, so 24 hour event to get Jim up to speed. You get there. How many guys? So there's supposed to be eight people doing the event and COVID travel, everything. It, it ends up being two of us. So another Marine, myself, and then Tosh, who's obviously a Marine. He hadn't hosted an event for a while. So we get there and it's, you know, it's, we all speak the same language. None of us serve directly together. It's, we can use the acronyms, you know, we can bullshit. And he hadn't done any of these for a while. So it was a good time. We just picked us up at the hotel for him, airport for me, some tacos, beer run, go up to his compound, cut some wood, just hang out. And then big typical, like spaghetti dinner. He's very different on the ultra circuit. Like if you see him, he's a pretty built guy and you know, on the ultra circuit, if you see people go into like a checkpoint and they're like, okay, I need these gels. I need some salt pills. I need this, you know, pH water and electrolytes. And he's going in like, I need a quesadilla, a cheeseburger, a Coca-Cola, <laughs> two PBRs. And he's back on the trail. And yeah. They're getting you whatever you want that you sure. check in there. And that's, that's, you know, not his mantra, but that's how he, he fuels, you know, it's very different than how you would feel like I'm running a 5k or something like that. Yeah. So we big pasta, heavy pasta, salad dinner, hang out, have some beers. And then he teaches his concept, which, you know, full credit to him. Uh, it's called checking with the left hand. Yeah. We talked about it in the podcast. I'll, yeah. I'll touch on it just super briefly, but he talks about it as, you know, something that most of us always, we're always going to have our left hand with us. So it's a good reminder to look at. And you have five fingers, hopefully on that left hand. And each one means something. And it's something you can look at and remind yourself of when you're facing adversity, whether it's, he talks about it in the boardroom, the ball field, the breakfast table, or the battlefield, right? So I can eat leverage this with my kids and my wife at the dinner table, at the breakfast table. I can use it at work when I'm dealing with colleagues, partners. I can use it. It's been used and tested on the battlefield and then in sport, right? The ball field for us, it was this event. So you learn this concept and then which you go teach that anywhere, right? That's really cool. High fives and it's over, but mm-hmm. it's, you're going to learn this whole leadership concept go to sleep for four hours and you wake up and exercise for 24 hours and test. And that's someone like, if you believe in your product, if I told you, Hey, this mountain bike, it's super durable. You can do this, 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 and this it's five grand. Do you want it? So that sounds pretty good. But if you're like, it's five grand tomorrow, we're going to go take it and we're going to ride Moab and we're going to jump it off. They're off cliffs, ride yeah. it through water. And you're like afterwards, if it puts up with that, then you're like, absolutely. I'll take it. And yep. that's him kind of saying, like, I believe in this so much. We're going to test it and we're going to see if it works and it works. So just briefly, your thumb, hey, I'm okay. And that's one that you kind of jump on right away, right? You start getting tired. You're on this trail run. You're carrying this plate. Uh, and you're just like, ah, it sucks. You drop the plate. You're taking, you're sucking some wind. And then you take a look around. You're like, man, I'm in Boulder, Colorado. I, I paid to be here. I'm looking around. There's wildlife. I'm in the forest. There's no one around me. Pretty awesome. Could be, there's worse places to be. And just remind yourself, like, I'm okay. Yeah, thumbs I'm up. Just moving. Thumbs up. You're cool. Pick it up. Let's get another one. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Exactly. And pointer finger is exactly that. Like start pointing out external factors. Like ours was like, man, we stayed up too night, too late talking last night. Or, you know, maybe one too many beers. And you start saying that like, gosh, I, I'm feeling dehydrated. You know, and you come up with, when you're working out for 24 hours, you come up with every excuse you can, right? Like, Tasha, 
I just wasn't enough sleep. You know, I, I probably, you know, I probably had a couple too many beers. And he's like, no, you didn't. Like, because if you did or didn't, it doesn't matter. It's already done. You can't go back and drink less beers and you still have to complete this event. Yeah. So why does it matter? You drank eight or six. It's done. Just keep moving. Yeah. So like, let's not levy on this. Let's not like, let's not diagnose that. Let's not sit down. And how many did we really have? What was the hours in between? How much water? It doesn't matter. It's already gone. Drink some water now. And then let's keep going. Yep. And then you point at these external things because you want an excuse of your performance or, or why you can quit, why it's okay. And so you're pointing at these things like, I drank too much or this guy's beating me, but you know, he works out a lot more than me or he doesn't have a one, one-year-old and a two-year-old. And so it's the same thing. Everyone's heard it. Like if you're pointing your finger out, you have three fingers pointing back at you. And he just really leverages that as like, you can have an excuse. There are a lot of these reasons and excuses and inventions that you have. Some of them are real, some aren't. But at the same time, if you're going to throw something outward, then take three things inwards. Like what could you control right now? Okay, I'm dehydrated because of poor choices last night or lack of sleep. What can I do right now in this moment to increase my hydration? Right? What can I do to increase my performance or make myself last longer? So you take those, whatever you're pushing out, just own that stuff. What are things that I can control right now and do that? Or if I want to give external blame to something, you know, and then take it off the workout, take it to your relationship. Like my wife's doing this, or my kids are doing this. And it's like, what are three things I can work on? Okay, I can be more patient. I can listen better. You know, it's just taking in ownership. Anytime you want to throw one thing out, there's three things that you can work on, which I mean, I use that a ton. I think about that all the time. Middle finger is exactly that. Just sometimes the situation sucks and you just have to say, say F you. Yeah. It's like in, in the, in the workout instance here, you end up doing 12 hours of trail running. And you know, if you're me and Mike, you're carrying a plate for all 12 hours. You get to a point, you're like, man, my knees hurt, my ankles hurt. And you're like, oh, really? You've been running more, you've ran more than a marathon, carrying weight up and down hills yeah. in the middle of the night, during the day. Like, that's the expectation. That's what you signed up for, is for your knees and ankles to hurt a little bit. You didn't tear your ACL. <laughs> you know, your tibia is not broken. It's just yeah. ouchy. You can keep going. This is what you signed up for. So it's just that reminder. If we stop for everything, like every laugh I come in, I'm like, oh, this is kind of tweaked, or my hip's tight. And every time, it's like, supposed to be you're not supposed to run a trail for 12 hours yeah so let's just f this and then even the trail like okay i have i finished this lap i had a time domain set in my head so i finished with this much time looking at the clock nope no questions asked non-negotiable i'm doing another lap if it's less time than that i'm not going to make it i won't get any points i'm gonna use that 14 minutes to recover prepare for the next part of the event i get in and it's on that line right and so i caught myself so i saw the clock coming down the hill and i started slowing down so that minute would elapse, and then I can hold true to my word. There's sure. not enough time, not do it. And then as I'm coming down, you just hear, you're cheating yourself. So not even drop the plate, <laughs> just drop right back in. And now I have to sprint because of myself. So I'm slowing down knowing that I'm adjusting the clock. So he's, he's holding you accountable. Yeah. And he, he knew exactly what I was I'm slowing down. I'm coming downhill. And he's like, come on. No, let's go. You're going to just have to make yourself go even faster. And so I got to the point. I hit another point going down where I'm like, I'm not stopping. I'm just dropping right back in. I'm doing another lap. And then on that lap, I'm having to really push it to make it. I finished with one minute to spare. And then you think about like, man, I did that. I slowed down on the trail to try to give myself extra rest. So I didn't have to do another lap. And then I chose to do another lap and hurt myself. You know, I had to crush it to be able to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you have one more lap, it's just like, F you. You know, why? Like, why not? Fuck it. I'm I'm just going to go. You know, and like take out the non-negotiable. When I get to this point, I'm not. I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go right back to it. Because if you're like, all right, I'm going to finish this lap, and then I'm going to rest and figure out what I'm going to do. Like you make your plan on your lap, and then you come in, execute your plan, and then get back to work. 
Uh, ring fingers being married to your goals. What were your goals for this event? What are your goals in life, your marriage, your kids, business, things like that. And you can't, you don't like, if you have a bad day or a bad argument with your spouse, you can't be like, yeah, never mind. I'm done over time. Like you can do a big divorce if you want to, but you can't every day marry and unmarry divorce and remarry every day. Like you don't have the choice to do that. So when you set goals, be, you know, tied to them, be bound to them, almost like marriage. Like I'm so connected to this. I can't just, if I have one bad lap or Mike beats me, Mike's the guy I went against, you know, if he beats me on one round, I can't automatically say my goal is not to win anymore. I just want to play. Cause I said at the beginning, my goal is to win. So he crushes me on one section of it and I can't, he did 10 laps the first round. He did nine with a plate and then dropped it and sprinted the last one in seven minutes. I did eight laps. I was like, well, there goes this. And then it was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be out here doing my best. And it was like, wow, that's, it's really easy to go from, I want to win to I want to do my best. And there's, you know, 22 more hours of work to do. And I was going to give up in two hours of myself and just play. And you have to kind of slap yourself around. And then we did pushups next. And I wrecked house on him, did 800 or 786 pushups and passed him, got back on the leaderboard. And then, so now it's like, all right, he beat me on one round. Then I beat him. Now we got to get back, get, get back to work. Then Tosh adding in different motivators, right? You want to win, you want to do this. Right before we started, he said, if any of you guys beat the current top score, I'll donate five grand to any veteran organization of your choice. So us being, you know, all Marines and, you know, patriotic and supportive of our veteran community, that adds something else to it. So when you're like, you know, woe is me, poor me, this trail's so hard, it's dark and scary and there's bears. You're like, there's guys with, don't have a left hand, they don't have a leg, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of family members that have family that never came home. And this is an opportunity to, you know, create a little financial support to these veteran communities. And you're like, man, I, I paid, I took time off of work so I could come out here and play this game. There's people in a lot worse situations than me. So it's just another, like when you can't leverage your own personal gain, like I want to win this competition, like find something else for that. It was being able to donate money to that. And so Mike and I both crushed the record. So Tosh donated 10 grand. Yeah, it's so. cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a Man motivator. Like it's, yeah. it's exactly what it would, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Like he knows his, these guys are going to need something along the way. So you're in a bad spot. Hey, I'll give you five grand if you guys start knocking this stuff out of the park and yeah. it hits. Internal, and you know. Yeah. Cause internal motivators go pretty far and then, but you have to have both. You have to have internal and external. If you only have internal, eventually it's going to burn out. Right. And some people it's different for everyone. Like what you leverage more, um, but having different ones. And then the last one's the little things, that one. So just remembering the little things. So every lap, like coming in from these laps, I need to grab, you know, I need, some water. I haven't had any. All right. I need a meal replacement shake. I need some w- water in my ice cup. I need a wet towel on my head before I get on the rower. Like, boom, I'm going to do this, this, this. And then whatever time left, I'm just chilling. So I go boom, boom, boom. My little things. I need to change my socks, change my shirt, get a wet towel, grab my two shaker bottles with electrolytes and water, put them next to the rower. And then I can chill until it's time to go. So I only have six minutes, not enough time to do a lap. So I can, that's my chill time. But remembering your little things and then it's, then you bring it back home, right? All right. I'm going to make my bed. I'm always going to clean up my office when I'm done. When I'm done with my bike, I'm going to wipe it down after a big ride. Like you remember your little things and it makes the bigger things last longer, right? Sure. You've missed cleaning your bike one time. Nothing's going to happen. Probably. I don't know. You know better than me. Yeah, no, it, I right? it but if I, ne- if I never clean my bike, eventually oh, it's going to catch up. If I have yeah. one really tough ride and I just bring it in and sat down and like, man, I'm smoked. Yeah. Or I got to go somewhere, whatever. Not a big deal. You do that every time. And your ten thousand dollar bike's not going to last very long. No, it's for sure, it's one hundred percent right. It's the same thing with your body. You want people want to go spend thousand dollars a month on supplements and gym memberships and 
tanning and everything else, but they don't want to mobilize. They don't want to stretch. They don't want to put in the little extra work that's not as cool, right? Yeah. They don't want to put in the hours on the trainer, right? Everyone wants to go do a race. That's me, right? I go yeah. race and I never ride my trainer. Yeah. Um, so it's just talking about doing the little things and same thing at home, like the little quality time with making, for me, it's, you know, with my wife, we have two kids, so everything's around them. And then it's, but making sure that I get quality time with my wife, but I also get quality time individually with my kids as well. So every once in a while, like, Hey, let's take one of them's going to go to daycare. I'm going to take the other one. And we're just going to go to breakfast. Take my one year old on a breakfast date and get that quality time. Like remember the little things because they're not going to come back. And then sometimes little things are big. Like I quit my job because I was traveling too much. And you talk about that. Like, well, I'm going to make a bunch of money for my family and be able to take care of them. So it's a good thing. And you can talk yourself into it. But you know, in reality, like my kids don't care what our house looks like or what I drive or anything else. But when I'm packing my suitcase and they go, Daddy, no one to go to work. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, crap, it's tough. Yeah. So I put all my effort into finding, and you, you were there you sure. know, through a lot of these conversations. Yeah. Of, it's not worth it. I would, you know, I'll take a significant pay cut to be home as long as I can take care of them and then yep. figure it out from there. So yeah, that was a lot longer on the left no, hand than good. I anticipated, but. So this is the first time <coughs> Jim's heard kind of the, yeah. the event. Yeah. What, what do you and, think? And it's our first time he met, so he's like, "This guy's an idiot." Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, no, certainly not thinking that. I, I'm sitting there thinking <clears throat> a different I word, which is like, "You're just insane, dude. You are insane." <laughs> no, so the, the que- I actually do want to ask you a question about the event, right? So you said the first time you go, is it easier to do it the first time when you don't actually know what you're going to experience, or is it easier after you've done it? And now you know what to experience. Like, how, how how does your brain handle that? That's the best part is, so going into the first one, like, Tosh, big, tough guy, really connected to CrossFit community. I work for CrossFit, home office, like CrossFit corporate. Uh, Tosh's wife's my boss now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I heard about this, and it's ambiguities part of it, because you're only drawing a certain crowd. Like, A, you're going to want to pay for this. B, you know it's 24 hours, and C, you don't know what it is. So it's a small, like, you just narrow the scope of people who are ever going to do that yeah. with every one of those pillars. So the first one, like, I met the other guy that was doing it with me, and you're like, oh, it makes sense why we're here. Like, let's get after it. And But you don't know what's going to happen. Like, literally, you do the left-hand talk at night around a campfire, just something about a campfire and just chilling Absolutely. out and just having a good conversation about that. It's not a PowerPoint, just Tosh talking and connecting the dots really well good meal, just family style, hang out, sleep. And when we went the first time we slept in as, oh, there's only two of us. We slept in, they have this like detached garage workshop, slept in there. And then the second night we're working out third night. We, uh, stayed in his house, like did steak dinners, ate up. And it's just two of us. We're all Marines. He's like, you know, normally there's a lot of people and you can't like, you don't want to give favor. Like you guys can come in, but you can't come in, but it's just us. So we all hung out, had a good meal. And then it snowed in Boulder. So it was super hot during the workout and snows the next night. So wow. that was good. But so, and then you don't know the event until literally an hour before he draws it on the board and you kind of like, you can't understand it first. You're like, so yeah, it's, you have no idea. You're like, wait, so if you do calories, you do push ups. you do calories on the rower, you do push ups. you do calories on the bike, you do push ups. you do meters, you do pull ups, you do meters, you do pull ups, you do the runner, you, you know, you like start connecting all of it and then points and then you start breaking it down. Like, all right, if I do this many laps and this and this, I'll beat so-and-so's score and there's no point in even like that was a big waste of time because you're like right when you start you're just like oh I super underestimated everything, <laughs> and then we we went super super hard for four hours and then mellowed out and then good control and then it was rough a little bit and then you kind of especially as the sun starts coming back up 
you're, you know you're getting close to finishing a few hours and you're like i only have two more trails and you're like that's four hours of trail running so like right now like four hours of trail running sounds pretty daunting but in the midst of this you're like i got two trail sessions left like awesome i'm almost done you're like you know in reality you're still yeah, saying you, you eight, are, hours of work, <laughs> eight hours of work left hmm. um and then so you think like going into the second one second one there is seven of us and you go into that one thinking like i did 32 hours like what's well, eight more hours and then the workout's completely different none of it's the same so you go into the second one first one's called checking with the left hand so you get your talk then you do your event for 24 hours on basically two-hour rotating segments. And then the second one, Diesel Day 2, is called Roll Your Own. So you have an eight-sided dice, and every number on the dice is correlated with workout, so you have no control over what's going to happen. So the last one, even if you get smoked, you're halfway, you hit a low point, not do it, be able to consume calories or whatever, I can still get on the bike and just, like, dilly-dally for an hour. You're going to get whatever points you get. Maybe not a great score, but you get points. The next one... You have your dice, eight-sided dice. Every number means something. So every hour, just before the hour, you roll the dice, whatever it says you do. But you have to finish X amount of that work or you get no points. So compared to the other one, like as far as you get, like every push-up's five points. That's awesome. So if I do 50 push-ups or 500 push-ups, I'm still getting five points per push-up. This one, it might be like 10K row. If you don't get 10K, you get no points. So you might row your ass off for 60 minutes and get... 9,200 meters, you get zero points. And then you have to roll the dice and go again. And you, uh, might, get, and you might get row again. That'd, so be, that'd, be, that'd be my luck. I'd get the events that I just don't want to do and then just keep rolling that event. But here's the thing. Now I got to ask you, this is for either of you. If, if I'm in that situation right there and the goal was 10 and I, and I got 9,200 and I just destroyed myself to get there, my mindset is I am pissed at the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. I am like... Like I don't, you don't want to be around me. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to see anybody's face at that point. Yeah, and you start working through. And I paid for stuff. this, and I, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and, that's and that's where like, you're like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah middle work. finger, right? Yeah. Totally, yeah, totally, middle finger. And you start. Uh, so one of the, one of the harder, workouts. It's man makers. So it's you got two dumbbells. You do a burpee. Do a renegade row. Do a renegade row. Stand up. Both dumbbells overhead. You have fifteen dumbbells in the okay, middle. So that's of the floor. one rep. That's one rep. Okay. And you have. 15 dumbbells from 70 pounds to 25 pounds. None of them are the same weight. You have to pick two dumbbells <laughs> and you have to, nice. e you have to equal 7,900 pounds of weight lifted overhead. Dude. So you have to do the math. You have to do the reps and like the easiest way, right? Get a 60 and a 40. It's a hundred pounds. You do 79 reps. Sure. Right. And then more, I go lighter and do more reps. I go heavier, do less sure. reps. But that one, like if you don't finish. So one of the guys we we're going, he just had a really hard workout and then rolled this finishes in 58 minutes smoked seizing cramping real bad what do you mean seizing like abdomen locking up because every time oh you go up you know you're, and he's just laying on the ground like convulsing and this is a guy that beat me in diesel day one and then you're like hey finish you got your points and so you get you get your points for finishing within the time cap which is 60 minutes and then you get five points for every minute under so it pays the win and then so he finishes 58 minutes smoked on the ground <laughs> covered in sweat and we're like hell yeah you did it give him the dice rolls it rolls man makers again no yeah, so you're like, fuck you <laughs> right and then it's like okay now i gotta battle my head and then you Ooh. get to a point when you're earlier on in the workout everything's fine like i was finishing workouts in 13 minutes 22 minutes sure and you, as you get on you're like it's nowhere close to that and then you get to the point where you're deep in and you roll and you go okay i know i'm not gonna finish that do I just do it, do it to go through it? Right. Or just do I be strategic yeah. and I go, 
no, I'm going to recover. I'm going to go like, I need a burger. I need this, this, this. I'm going to go recover for an hour so that I can make it for 32, you know? So it's a little things. I take care of myself right now. Maybe I push it through one more hour. And now this time I finished last time in 58 minutes and this time I don't finish. Is this, I mean, this is clearly and obviously a physical challenge, but. All it's in your it's head, in your it's head like, isn't right? it? It's like thinking about any selection program for the military. It's There's any like one physical event in there. You're like, oh, it's kind of hard, like a 5K beach run, you know, a mile fin swim in the ocean, like some of these things. But none of them are like insane. But then you link all of it together and then take out rest and things like that. That's where it becomes like all in the mind game. It's so easy to just stop. Does this exceed anything that you ever experienced in the military? I mean, can you equate that? Because I am not Matt. Matt, you weren't in the military no. either, so can help us understand. It it has that feel, right? I think that's one of the reasons I'm drawn to it. Sure, is because that's Tosh's background. I mean, he's an infantry officer, hmm. prior enlisted to officer. You know, just grunt through and through, and he knows how to work that and get the most out of people. So I think that's what I'm drawn to. But in the military, I mean, I had some. Sometimes, like, I went to selection in the Marine Corps, and I remember we got a little ways in, and we went to bed. And it's different than boot camp. Like, boot camp, you're basically guaranteed three meals a day and seven hours of sleep besides your crucible. Um, so you have really eight hours of sleep, but you have fire watch almost every night. And so everything's pretty controlled. Like, you know, they're not, they're not going to stop you from eating for three days in boot camp. But as you get into these later things, you know, selections and things like that, they're the rules open up quite a bit. They have a lot of free reign on things that they can do. So I remember going to bed one time and then waking, like getting woken up for PT and you're just like confused. Like this doesn't make sense, but you just start going like, all right, start getting ready. Go out and start PT in for a few hours. And you're like, all right, PT is normally at like five. Take away, they have take away your watches and stuff or PT in for a couple hours. And you're like, man, sun is still not coming up. PT, PT for probably three, four hours. And then we're running back and then he's like, all right, it's, you know, it's 11 p.m. now. You guys can go back to bed. We slept wow. for an hour. Thought we slept the whole night. Woke up thinking we're PTing at like 4.30 and the sun's oh. going to come up in an hour and a half. But well, we were asleep for an hour, two hours, and you get up PT for a few hours and go back to sleep. And then get woken up in the morning to start the day. <laughs> it just confused you. Crazy. Complete. It's just they're just reminding you that like, hey, we have complete control. You have no control over anything right now. But I think as far as this one, and part of it, like if you sent me out to a like a big leadership event, like a Jocko event or something, and there's 500 people there, I don't know how many people, and I have no like personal connection to them. Like I'm still probably not going to quit, probably not going to do my best, but felt a bit of a personal connection of like how Tosh does the check-in and what it meant, and then being out there with just one other Marine and then Tosh crewing it and supporting it with another guy. That in my head, I was like, after the first four hours, I was like, this is impossible. Like you can't do this exertion for 24 hours. So in my head, I'm just going to keep going until he you know, tells us like, Hey, obviously this is a joke. Like you can't go for 24. Like uh-huh, you're going to gotcha. go for 12. And we are just waiting. I was waiting for that command. And no. it just never, I'm like hour 21 <laughs> waiting. Is this the last one? And just waiting for it to come. And it never, but I knew how, how much you hate him at that moment. I think in diesel day one, it's fully supported by your crew. So Tosh, like you can literally be coming in and like, I'm sitting here in my waters where your microphone is like, Tosh, I need my water. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You know? And like, I need a grilled cheese, <laughs> run inside, whip up a grilled cheese, come back. Like, Tosh needs Jolly Rancher. <laughs> you know, it's fully so, sports. Just opens his mouth, tears the wrapper <laughs> yeah. up, drops it in. And Diesel Day 2, everything's out there. And then if you need him to cook something, like, they obviously do that. But everything else is out there. And you support yourself. Like, do I need electrolytes? Do I need water? Do I need 
food do I need to drink? Things like that. And just coolers of everything. And, but you support yourself and you can ask, but he's like, you're just trying to build on the first one. It's, this is the level two. This is the next step up. So try to support yourself a little bit. First one, he was like, Hey man, like he's watching everything. You hey, you haven't had anything to eat for X amount of time. Like let's next lap. I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you a burger to take on the next run. You're like, all right. And, uh, it helps you control that pretty well. Next one. I went through, I went really hard out of the gate first four hours, hour six or seven. I got really bad dehydration. I was running a 10 K put on the side of the house and I just sat there and threw up for the full hour. Barely. I made the 10 K in 55 minutes. And at one of the times on the rower, I started like, it was just kind of like where you're just kind of like burnt and thrown up a little bit. And then it finally hit really hard. My stomach is seizing and I'm sitting in an L position on the rower. So I'm trying to pull myself out and get to the grass. I'm not throwing up on his concrete. Cause I'm a, I'm a respectable person. <laughs> I crawl over to the grass and he just like turns a corner and it's just like, if you're in a different environment and they see that it's going to be freak out. Right. Right. If my wife walked outside and I'm working out and she sees that she's going to freak out. Right. But he sees it and he's like, Hey, we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm puking in his grass because if he freaked out, I'd have freaked out more. If he was like, Hey, you're probably in a sure. really high state of dehydration. We're at high elevation. You didn't come up here and acclimate. You're seven hours into a 32 hour workout. There's no way you're going to make it in the condition you're in, which is how I felt. And if he would have, if he would have said that we both would have mutually agreed, Hey, I signed up too soon for this one after the first one, you know, let's pack my bag. I'll just support, you know, let me recover, hit it next time. But he was just like, okay, let's get back on the rower. You know, we have to, got to get the 10 K. And then in his head though, he's like, this is what I have to do next. If that doesn't work, this is what I'm going to do next. This like, I'm planning things out. Like, you know, we're two steps away from me getting a field IV banana bag of electrolytes shot yeah. into me, you know, like I mean, he, just, just think like how awesome that is. You know, you have a guy who is puking, you know, stomach is seizing. And if, if, if Tosh showed any type of worriedness or scare, like you're going, Holy shit, am I, am I, am I bad? And it makes the situation even worse. Instead of having that common nature, like we're going to be good. And it just like diffuses the situation a little bit. I mean, it happens. It's leadership is what it is. It diffuses the situation. You start to breathe again. You start to calm down and then you're back out running again because mm-hmm. he, he refocuses your brain and says, okay, now we, now we got to go do this and you go do it. And he's done this before. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh, yeah. different if it's me saying that to you because I haven't done it before. It doesn't mean squat. It's tough sometimes, too, because we had a bunch of people out there crewing. I mean, during the first one, it was just Tosh and then another guy that Tosh kind of mentors. He was a big CrossFit coach at a huge gym in Colorado, a nice kid. Came out and just supporting. Tosh is teaching him a lot of leadership stuff, and he's just helping. He's kind of, you know, does what Tosh suggests that he does. But Tosh, and you, like, you know he's done these cool things, but then it's completely different. Like this is, I mean, in my opinion, there's no one better in the world at this type of environment training. Like he's been hired by the highest level of CrossFit Games athletes to come out there and run them through stuff like unknown events. Mm. There's a whole YouTube video out there where he went out to Rich Froning, right? Won the yeah. CrossFit Games four times. His whole crew went out to his like family ranch in, te- in Tennessee and ran them through stuff kind of like this. Like, are you going to, you're going to row and you're going to do this? Until, I, until you hit a certain amount, but I'm not going to tell you what the amount is. So I don't know if, if it's 500 meters and I can just go crush it or if it's going to be 50,000 meters and I need to just pace myself. Huh. So you have to like, you know, do these things and he can just mentally control the whole situation. And he just never, I think once you've been in like such extremes that he has, it takes so much to really get him like shooken off, like me getting dehydrated up the rower. It was like, you know, he's controlling the situation, but in his head, he was like, this is fine. You know, I'm sure in his head, it's a little more escalated than how he vocalizes it. But exactly, you're exactly right. If he would have gone a degree too far, 
freak well, me out anymore. Panic. Yeah, exactly. It gets worse. And we just worked, worked on some stuff. My, my hips were locking up some other stuff and they ran me through some, ba- like in my head, I'm like, how you saw me moving? I was picking up the dice, couldn't bend this hip, squatting down on one side and like reaching all the way, got the dice. Okay. And now whatever I roll, I have to go do that for an hour. I can barely pick it up. And then you work. And if you, if I was in probably that environment by myself, probably like, I can barely pick that up. Nothing else is going to happen. I'm probably done. But then you do it. So 32 hours, I would bet it's like a, a grab bag of emotions. Like I'm sure you have like, this is fun at the beginning because you're super jacked and ready to go. You have the, I'm hating life. I hate this event. I hate everything. The emotions of like, I can't do this anymore. Like that, that, that in itself is mentally draining to have all those emotions occurring probably more than one time in an hour changing and, and rolling through those. Like that just seems crazy to me to think that in 32 hours, you're happy, you're sad, you're mad, you're happy, you're sad, you're mad, you're happy. You're, you're proud, you're disappointed. Yeah, like it, it just keeps hitting you. What did you learn about yourself in 32 hours? I think it's one of the reasons I've gone out there and like people ask me that. I mean, talking to people around here and like, you're going to pay to do what? Like, cool, but that's that's insane. You know, exactly what you said. And mm. and I think the initial one is like, why? What are, you, what are you going out there to do? And I think it was like a reminder, like I... Have, I try to maintain like a certain persona and people ask me things about my past or my military experience or different things. And I levy and I ride that wave of a reminder of like, I've done some pretty hard things. And then I think you get soft, like in things are hard, but they're just different types of hard. And I think it was just me sending a reminder to myself, like, Hey, you've done hard things. You can still do hard stuff. Like, let's go prove it. Let's go prove that you still have it. And to yourself, like no, no one cares. Like I know going into the event too, that, my performance isn't going to impress the people that are there. They work with the highest level, most incredible athletes there are. They're, them seeing me do my set of kipping pull-ups isn't going to blow them away. But your character and your attitude at our 18, that's what can impress people. Well, I, let me rewind a little bit. It had to impress him a little bit because his wife hired you for a position. <laughs> like if, if you're interviewing for this job and you mail it in, She's probably going to look at you and go, yeah, we're not going to pass on that guy. But if she, she sees you killing yourself and like working hard, she's thinking, this guy's going to kill it for me. Like I want him on my do, team. Do, do you know what just occurred to me? That's the most strenuous freaking job interview in the <laughs> history right. of the world. Isn't it, isn't it really? Right? Yeah, so totally. Exactly. <laughs> so like the, the dual side of me doing this is I followed, I followed Tosh and he has a awesome nonprofit for veterans. Um, and, and then he has his organization. So he has Crooked Butterfly Ranch, which is what they call his property and then they have big fish foundation that's call sign in uh, iraq um and so i've seen these events like pop up before and they just come up kind of like whenever he has i guess a free space to do these things and he throws them up there i was waiting for one to launch and i talked about doing one before like hey is there space and I'm like yeah absolutely i'm like all right cool and like so you're gonna sign up and you're like, i was just asking you know and you're kind of like not believing in yourself and the next one it launched so i'd been interviewing with for crossfit i've probably interviewed at this point like nine times with nine different people, 10 different people and didn't get one position. I'm in the running for another position. And this comes up while I'm interviewing right when it launches. I'm like, Hey, I'm in. I'm like, how do I sign up? And they're like, you know, Venmo this deposit and you're locked in. Boom. Done. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I woke up, saw it, did it. Venmo went back to sleep, woke up confused. Like, did I, did that happen? Did I, I go that? check my, I'm like, Oh yeah, I signed up for that. Cool. And then, 
I'm still in the interview process. And so one of my last interviews, Nicole Carroll, you know, one of the most tenured employees at CrossFit, pretty high up there. And I got an interview with her because it's going to be on her team. We have good conversation, but I mean, interesting perspective towards the end of the interview. She was like, oh, you were, you were in the Marines too? So was my husband. I'm like, oh yeah, I know. Funny story. And she's like, what? And I said, well, let's just say I'll be at your house next weekend. So imagine like interviewing someone virtually like, all right, I got, you know, all these applicants. Let's interview and this guy's like, I'm gonna be at your house next weekend. She was like, for, is, is that for a what? flag? Like, should I flag this guy right <laughs> now? Uh, please don't come to my house. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I'm doing diesel. Day. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm going to be there. And so part of me was like, you know, believing myself enough. I'm throwing all my cards in there. You get 30 minutes of a Skype interview with me to decide if I'm going to get a job or not. And I interview with all these people. And, I'm you know, gonna believing myself, myself enough, like, I'm going to go show up there and I'm going to show you, like, my personality, I'm show you my character yep. in a pretty strenuous situation. So it's really easy to be, like, calm, cool, and collected in this environment. Comfortable office, air conditioner, fan, right? Nice and cozy. For sure. But add a little adversity and, like, get people's true colors to come out. And it's the same thing. Like, you hear it, like, I'd, you know, a CEO, like, I'd rather, you know, take someone out for a beer than have a job interview with them because you can get someone's real character or mm-hmm. something like that. It's the same yeah. Same thing kind of like multiplied by a hundred though. I was going to go out there. And so at the same time when I was like, this sucks, I can't do this. It was like, then say goodbye to what you're trying to do. Say goodbye to your passion and your career and this potential opportunity that you're developing for yourself. It's, it might land you something, it might not, but you can at least leave here with them being like, Hey, that guy was honest. You know, he had integrity about his movements, about his reps. He worked hard. He pushed himself. He held himself accountable. Like, at least I could leave there being like, hey, that's a good dude. And that's all I was going for. And then I got back, hung out, hung out with them, did a big steak dinner. So we finished at 10. I went to bed at 9 that night. So I didn't go to bed. Got up. I think I had a, a PBR was the first thing I had after I finished. I think it's forcefully fed by Tosh. Yeah, drink this. <laughs> yep. And then you, you, know, you wrap all that stuff up. And then I got back and reached out to CrossFit, just like, hey, just waiting for the update on this. And they're like, yeah, we're just getting ready to reach out to you. Uh, we're we're going to go a different direction. So really appreciate your time. I was like, awesome. <laughs> so that Bummer. didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> But it was, it was just too late in the process. And then another role came up two days later, and they reached out to me like, hey, this new position's coming out. You know, we're, we're both super interested in you. No more interviews. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it played out, and I, start, I quit my job like a couple days later. And now you're working for... Yeah, work fully from home. See my kids every single day. That's way cool. Yeah. I normally sleep in a queen bed with my daughter now. That's awesome. Yeah. So 24-hour event gets done. You, you do the 32-hour. You know, at, at, at what point, so say 24 hours in this 32-hour event, when you should be done, you know you still have all these hours left. Is it the, ugh, like, I still have to do this? Or are you at a point now where it's like, screw it. I gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to finish this thing. Was there any time during that, those last hours where you go, I, I'm going to quit. This is just too much after what you've already been through. We get to a point in certain workouts and Tosh starts to talk about this and he doesn't talk about it too early because you don't want to get a, get out of jail free card, but you know, he knows, and you know, eventually you're going to hit a point most likely unless you have great roles all the time that you're going to get to a point where you have a really hard one, you know, or two or three in a row and then you roll one and it's not going to happen and you have to make that decision. Am I going to do it? Am I going to rest? You're allowed to rest. You just have to roll every hour. That's the rule. No, and then if you roll a one, that's rest. But you can only roll it once. So if you roll one, you can re-roll everything else. You get what you get. So you could pass on the rest. Yep. So okay. I rolled, I think I rolled a one as my second roll. And I was like, taking it. <laughs> and and oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like, I didn't Everyone know. was like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, ideally, you want to plan it out. And what ended up with me is I, 
I rolled Cindy, which is five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats. You do 20 rounds. If you elapse 25 minutes, you have to add a round. You have to keep doing that. And you have to keep track yourself. There's nobody counting for you. Right. Like you're physically. You have like poker chips, you know, and it's, you know, you can kind of tell like if some of it, like, right, it's a trail run. You exit out one side of his driveway and you come down the other. So there's no, there's, it's pretty hard to cheat any of it, but like, yeah, the, you could do 14 squats instead of 15, stuff like that. But if you're going to pay to go out there it's and do something, it's like, thing. it's your thing. If you want to pay to but come I'm, out I'm just thinking from the standpoint of like, at that time of the hour mark, like your brain starts, is fried. You know, it's oh, like, yeah. did I flip that coin over? Like, is it, mm-hmm. the, like, like you lose track. Like mm, that's gotta totally. be frustrating. Yeah. Well, at the beginning, like there's this, a sandbag carry, you lift a sandbag over a barbell, it's at nose level. And I was like, oh, I'll move a chip every 10 reps. And then the next time I was doing it, I was like, I have no idea what I'm at. And like levy on the side of caution. Like I think I'm at 24 or 25. All right, I know I'm at 20. <laughs> now I need to start counting by fives because I can't keep track of it. So you have to adjust. But I, I rolled Cindy that workout and I couldn't squat. I tried. I was six minutes in. The first time I got Cindy, I got 20 rounds done in 13 minutes. Got 47 minutes of rest. And then this time, I think the second time I did, I did in 26 minutes. So I did one extra round. And then this time, I was six minutes in. I hadn't finished one round. Squatting was just uber painful. So you know it's like I can fight for an hour and get through this and not get any points. So I was like, I'm, I'm done. I walked away. I started so working you, my hip. you hammered Cindy out and you did it in 20 minutes or whatever, you had 40 minutes just to relax. Yep. I see. Yep. I got gotcha. you. And then, so that's why like the higher your intensity, the, it pays because you get more points. You get five points for every minute and then you get all that as yeah. rest as well. So that's why the first round I just went super hard out of the gate. Just boom, 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 boom. You know, I'm doing two rounds a minute basically and then recover. So I was just hanging out like you're an hour and I'm like, oh, all these workouts, I'll just crush it real hard for 30 minutes and then rest for 30 minutes. But that dies out like three hours. In for sure. Oh, <laughs> so when did, when did you take your, your rest, your one? So that was, that round of Cindy was our, and I told myself I wouldn't take rest, rolled rest until I was past halfway. And then this came at hour 17 and I knew I couldn't do it. I was like, I'm done. And then I worked on my hip, ate a bunch, went late, went to like where our racks were and laid down in the tent and then kind of fell asleep and woke up just super tight, walked back Mm -hmm. over and then I roll, I get rest take it, go right back to there, lay back down, sleep, sleep for probably 20 minutes. And then my alarm goes off. I walk back out there and I'm super tight, you know, just hurting. Go out there, I roll, it's sled. So it's a sled drag loaded with like, I don't know, 80 pounds or something up his driveway, which is all uphill to his front gate and then back four times. It's two miles. So up is just brutal and then down's not bad. So I roll that. And I'm like, I can barely move. The last time I did the sled, I only got three rounds so I didn't get the full score. Um, and I was like, whatever. Like, I took two hours of rest. Like, let's see how I'm doing. And the other guy who's finished the sled before, we both, two people can be on one event. There's two of everything. So we get it, and he gets in front of me, and I'm just, just going to keep going. And by the time we get to the gate for the first time, I pass him, touch the gate, and I come back, start turning it on. I lap him. I'm like, oh, guess who's back? And then start having some consistent hours, just, like, making some points, picking it back up. Some people are hurting taking more time off, more time off. I'm feeling okay. I took another, I got man makers once I took that off. I think in total, I took four rests. And then the last, I got to the point where I, if I roll this and Tosh kind of had that conversation with me, you know, if you roll this, it's not happening right now. So you roll that like non-negotiable, I'm going to get this, this, this go lay down. 
right? I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm not going to try a couple. If I roll this right now, I'm not doing it. I'm going to lay down. I'm not thinking about it. Make that plan before. So when I roll the dice, you don't have to have that decision-making conversation with yourself then. It's already made. If I roll this or this, I'm out. If I roll this, this, and this, I'm going. It's already decided. And then you go. And it's not just like you just pick random numbers based on the movements. And so I got to that point and then started doing better, better. Everything's starting to feel better just from movement. You know, like you wake up and you're super sore, but after you start moving, it gets loosened up. And then I said, okay, if I roll this, I'm not doing it right now. And I didn't roll it. I kept rolling everything. I was like, okay. Then I got to the point like, all right, no matter what I roll, I'm hitting it and I'm going to finish it. And then you get like, all right, seven hours left, six hours left, five hours left. Like, I don't care what I'm rolling. And now I'm, now I'm before, because there's certain ones like the 5k run, 5k run is five laps on the property, but you get points for four and for three. So you can get less points. Um, if you at least get some work done. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to get points for everything that I can do. And then I got to the point where like, all right, I'm getting a hundred, I'm finishing everything I can do. So I'm back on the trail. I'm running my 5k again, rather than like fast walking it. I'm hitting all my sled reps. So you started gaining confidence. Yep. And then more people were resting and it's that like bypassing opportunity. Like they're really hurting. They're cutting down the reps to get minimum score and I'm finishing. Then we got to the last couple rounds. And again, Tosh, like internal, external. Hey, this is where the points are. Someone is there's a gap from first place to last place, 300 points. And then there's a gap between two people that's 60 points. But you have no, you have no idea who's You don't know who, which is which. And then we go into the last. So I have trail run, sled pull, 10K row, sled pull, 10K row are my last events. And finished sled pulls both times. Finished the 10K at like 54 minutes. And then get sled pull again. I'm like, okay, like I don't want to do it again, but I know I can finish it rather than rolling some of the other ones where you're like, this is going to be a bloodbath. It's going to suck, but I know I can do it. And before it's like, you do a lap, drop the straps, get some water, do this. And I would just touch the concrete and turn and go until I was done. And then you roll 10K again. And you're like, this sucks. It's going to hurt. There's no escape. The trail kind of can go hard when everyone can see you. And then you disappear back in the trees and you slow down, get your composure. No one's bothering you. You're by yourself. The rope, people are sitting right next to you. So your pace drops. You're like, hey, you're not going to, come on, come on whole time they're sitting there and it's your last hour so i hit a pace and i just done it so they know what i'm capable of doing and right there the other guy that i'm basically going against gets the trail run then the other guy second to last roll he got man makers vetoed it not doing it so he sits there for the second to last hour while i'm crushing this i'm crushing the sled pull the other dude's crushing cindy we both finish and we both roll he gets trail i get 10k and that guy who didn't get any points goes to roll, rolls man makers again for the last hour. So it was like the diesel day gods were like, you will do man makers again before this event is over. Like whether you like it or not. So then we figured out a way. Tosh coached him through like, hey, this is how we're going to do it. We're not going to just pick one set of dumbbells. We're going to do this set. Then we're going to do this set. This set, you're just going to work your way up and down until we hit our score. And he finished in 51 minutes, hmm. which was awesome. Hmm. I wrote a 44 minute 10K, which was like a minute off of my 10K PR clean. And that's oh. 32 hours in. And the guy, Marshall, the last time he had the trail run, which was the last time I was on the rower, he finished four laps at 56 minutes. And this time he finished all five and 51. So it just shows you like when you're like, I am performing at my peak. And then you add another layer to that, another variable. Okay, now this is the last hour. Was that really your peak? Because now you just performed better. I have a, I have a question for you that fits into this. So I want to say it was a something that I had seen on social media. And I don't know if it came from Jocko or from where it came from, but it, 
it was talking about when you've met your limit. Like when you think you're at your limit. Uh, David Goggins. Goggins. That's it. And, and it's like you have how much left in the tank? Like you've only, when you're ready to give in and you, you have exhausted yourself and you're ready to lay down and give up, you're only like at 40%, yeah, right? That's what he's saying, yeah. I mean, how far do you think you tapped it? Like you went past that 40%. For sure. And I don't, and I, but I for sure didn't hit my 100%. So you, I got to the point for sure but, where but, I was but like. But listen, the 100% is at the level of death, right? right. 99% you're okay. as far as you should be able to go, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 100% is death. But I think you talk to people sometimes and they're like, you know, I gave it a hundred percent. It's like, no, no, you didn't. You didn't. And it's in some capacity, capacity or another, like you might've ran as fast, you know, and it's harder to break that down and like shorter. Like if, if we go run a hundred meters right now, I can go run as hard as I can. And you can't be like, you only get 40%. Like, no, that's as fast as I can run. There's not 60% more in there, but there's other aspects in there that are, that are different, but you take it to these longer events, anything with a little duration, you you get to that point. And I think it does have to be longer to really like, you know, you have to have time to like sit in your thoughts. And that's, what's nice. Like when you roll the trail at midnight and you have a headlamp out there and you're just hitting this by yourself, taking laps and just thinking and digesting this information. And like, I had those conversations with my, the first one diesel day one, you're like, this is hard. I don't think this is possible. I'll just keep going until we stop. Diesel day two is like, you knew it wasn't what words, what words can I use that I can get Tosh to quit for me where I can get him to be like, Hey, you're too dehydrated. You're not in a good physical position to continue on. Like, what can I do? Like, should I bash myself with a rock this next lap so I can come back and be like, I got attacked by a bear. I think I'm done. <laughs> like, will you let me quit, please? And he probably wouldn't. Yeah. But you have, crazy. like, th- that internal dialogue on Diesel Day 2 was so hard. And and I talk. What's nice is it's a, you know, it's a working seminar. So even though you're just working out, like, they're crewing, and I would sit down with him, and I, was, I said, hey, I know I'm not going to finish this. What do I do? And he's like, well, you're not going to finish it, but you want to finish the event, right? Like, so do we, we shoot an hour off so that we can make it eight more hours. And once he, and he tells me like, Hey, when we did this, his group did it. No one rested until he rested. He rolled something that he knew wasn't going to happen. And he's done like all these events, right? So he can sleep on, on a dime and get back up and get back to work. He rolled something. He's like, Nope. Grabbed his, you know, grabbed a sleeping bag, drop, dropped on the ground in his garage. Wake me up at 55 and is out. And after that, you know how many people took rest? everybody right because he said it was okay by him doing it mm-hmm. and we didn't have that in ours there's no one to say it was okay and then finally i was like it's not happening and the one guy he did one lap on the sled saw that i was resting he stopped and he's like hey, i'm not gonna make it either i need a break and then we had these conversations but it's like you can't let it you have to control it you have to be in control of when you're gonna take rest and when you're not don't make a decision when you roll make a decision before depending on what you roll so that we know that we're gonna make the event but don't like don't build on it if you don't need to and then he talked about, because I, I got in my head, I said, well, he said, okay, so we know if we hit Cindy right now, we can't squat. So we, we roll Cindy, that's rest. Food rest, no matter what. Okay. And I was like, what if I roll Cindy every roll for the rest of the event? And he's like, can you control it? Nope. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll worry about it when we roll it. So it's, it really takes it in. You can only digest the event one hour at a time because it's, it's going to be a good thing your wife's different. name is not Cindy, right? Because <laughs> I would hate her. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, so, look, so 32 hours, this is like one of those things that if you did it again, you couldn't game it because you're dealing with, obviously, your physical fitness. You're dealing with the activities. You're dealing with Mother Nature. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, the environment. So for that 32 hours, how was weather start to finish? Was it consistent? It rained. We had some thunderstorms and stuff like that. And it's just like, it's, it's different than a traditional event that you'd think like, 
you know, you're on a baseball field at soccer camp. Hey, the storm's rolling in. Like, Clear let's field. go in here. It's like, hey, it's a little rain. It's a little rain. It's no big deal. <laughs> like, hey, you say thank you. Yeah, it's, it's going. We're going live. And he's like, hey. you know, and you're like, obviously, he doesn't want his rowers and this stuff outside getting wet. And I come back from another lap and he just has trash bags over the monitors. Like, we're good. We don't need to stop. Wow. And I think it's that. It's that, you know, like, there's no, you're in control of everything. Like, if you're going to stop, it's because you're going to choose to stop. Nothing else is going to stop you. And, you know, these, these variables, like being where it is in Boulder, running through mountains up and down, you know, he shows you the bear that he shot with a bow on his property, just to remind yeah, you that there's, there's bears, bears on, on his property. property. <laughs> so I think all of that adds to it, like face what you're fearful of. Yeah. If, if this event doesn't kill me, there's possibly a bear that would, you yeah. know, like it's I was right just there. looking at your sign yeah, over right there. <laughs> um, okay. So, the, so you have then weather daytime versus nighttime. At nighttime, was it peaceful or was it more like because it's dark and like <coughs> you lose kind of your sense of where you're at, your surroundings? Like what plays a role there? Yeah, I think nighttime, it, in Diesel Day 1, initially, because I was thinking like, all right, camping. I've been in positions before, like you're camping, you wake up to go to the bathroom, you like unzip your tent, you walk out a little bit and like every little crack of a branch, you're like, oh, is that a mountain lion? Mm-hmm. Is that a bear? And you go a little bit more. Everything you hear though, you're, you know, you're so acute to it. And so I was like, wow, like I could definitely see myself in the middle of the night being on this trail and be like, what was that? What was that? And being kind of like, you know, paralysis by analysis of what's all happening around me. But then you get to that point, you get to your midnight or your 2 a.m. two lap, two hour laps. And you're like, I'm breathing too loud that I can't hear anything. And then I drop the plate. And again, I'm just breathing loud. And remember the first time I dropped it, I just kind of did a scan to see if I can see any eyes. It's very dark. Then afterwards, you're just like, nah. Yeah. At that like, point, you're like, be. just kill me. Yeah. Like, this business sucks anyway. Like, right? if I die, I die. It's, it's going to happen. Whatever. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any more bandwidth to worry about anything else. So, again, it's one of those things that's out of your control. I remember Tosh saying, like, if you see a bear, just keep moving, act big. Uh, if you see any deer or anything, just keep doing your thing. They'll leave you alone. If you see a mountain lion, ah, you won't see the mountain lion before the mountain lion sees you. <laughs> He's like, probably just keep the plate on your neck so it covers it because yeah. you're holding it kind of over your head like this. Um, and then in Diesel Day 2, it depends on what you roll. We had one roll. It was really good for Mike and I. He was having some rough spots, and I had some rough spots. We are kind of talking to each other, and we both rolled trail, and so we just walked four laps, kept a good pace, you know, so we hit, you know, two miles and some change, easy on trail, like 2.5, and just chatted, kind of lifted each other back up on like how to get through it and, and stuff like that. But in this one, I remember talking, because if you finish, you have some time. So I checked my phone. My wife and girls came to Colorado. So they were an hour and a half away, hanging out, like messaging me through it. I messaged Matt a couple times. Mm-hmm. He was he was in his store just throwing down with people. Yeah, <laughs> the fight weekend. <laughs> and, but I remember talking to my wife. She's like, how are you doing? I was like, this is really hard. I'm, I'm like, I'm really hitting a wall. I'm struggling. And I wasn't, I can't tell her everything. She'll freak out. Like, I'm, I'm throwing up. I haven't been able to eat for two hours. Talk, took me off water. Because, you know, you're so thirsty that you want to chug and you get, like, water belly. And then I'm throwing it all up. And I just keep taking more and I am keep triggering it. And we had to settle it. We had to figure out what was going on. So all you want to do is drink and you just, like, stop. You got to just fight the urge for a while. And you're like, but I'm dehydrated, right? So it's kind of antagonistic of what you think you should do. Like, I, I have to drink. I'm so dehydrated. He's like, you're so dehydrated. You have to stop drinking. We have to work through this. But I remember, like, messaging her. I'd be like, you okay? Like, yeah, I'm okay. It's just really, really hard. And I was like kind of emotional and like struggling. And it was really where I was questioning it. And it was 
one of the things Tosh has taught me is like speaking things out in the, in the universe. Like you can say in your head that I want to win this event or I want to make this much money or I want to do this. But if you, if you fail at doing it and you haven't told anyone that, then you don't fail, right? You didn't know I wanted to win. Like if we go on a bike, right? We're going to, hey, let's ride 10 miles as fast as we can. And you're like, what are your goals for this? We don't even talk about it. If I'm like, I just want to have fun. You know, I want to finish top two with me and you. Mm-hmm. But if I'm like, I want to beat you. And then so you know, so then at the end, when I don't beat you, you can go, hey, you did, you did really good, but you didn't achieve your goal. Yeah. But if it's not spoken out loud, you can kind of hide behind that. Like I know in my head, I'm riding next to you. Like I want to beat you. Same thing in the event. You, if you don't speak it out, it doesn't exist. So I was talking to my wife. She's really struggling. Telling her it's super, super hard, way harder than the last one. She's like, really? Are you going to be okay? And I said, it's going to be really hard, but I'm, I'm not going to quit. And I wasn't telling her. She didn't care. You were, you I was telling, telling me. I was speaking to the universe. I said, I'm not going to quit. Didn't, there's a contract right there that I wrote for myself, my wife, telling her that I'm not going to quit. And I, I had to remind myself of that plenty of times. I, I knew bet. Tosh wouldn't let me quit. Knew that wouldn't happen. And I never wanted to get to that point, though, where he had to talk me out of it. I wanted him to talk me through things, but I never wanted to be like, hey, man, I think I'm done. And then him work me through it. I knew he would, but I wanted to get to the point that I could do that to myself. Because that's, I think, where the differentiation be- comes in as I do these events. If I, if he wrote this event, if he sent it to me right now, like with what we have, you know, in the neighborhood, and he said, all right, you're going to do this on this hour, this, 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 you know, here's a 24 hour event, go crush it. I'm probably making it six hours. Like that's about how far into the event until I'm fighting myself. I think I'm going to get better as I continue to do things like this. But that one with the people there, with the support, things like that, that holds some level of accountability. So I think it just shows like, you know, power and, you know, it's the, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. So it's the same thing, like leveraging other people's strengths. And I think it makes him, you know, he gets better at this every time he does it. He learns more. He really, I mean, he really enjoys it. He gets emotional when he finishes and it's a big deal. And this one, they ran diesel day one and diesel day two at the same time. So what you were talking about before of like when you hit 24 hours and you know, you got eight more to go. We started at eight and the other group started at nine. So when they finished, we had seven hours left. So they finish quick break kind of, and it was all females did diesel day one and it was all guys doing diesel day two. So you kind of finish and it was very different experience for the group doing diesel day one compared to me and Mike doing it. We're just two knuckle draggers going at it for 24 hours. And these women like strong, tough there for very different reasons, carrying lighter plates besides Tasha Nicole did it. (laughs) Tasha's wife did it with 45 pound plate full event destroyed it. So are you talking about a 45 pound Olympic like yeah, weight that yeah, you put yeah. on a bar? Yep. And you just carry it. So part see, of it is see this the whole weight. time I was thinking like it was something military, like a uh, backpack uh, or ruck or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. And that would be nice. Cause it's like ergonomic, right? Like 55 pounds is heavy, but like in a backpack, it's not that bad. Right. But the, so you're the challenging part, it was, pound plate on and we we're, pe- we we're carrying a 55 pound competition bumper. Okay. So it's not, it's rubber, like coated in plastic really slippery my first two hours i finished and i said tosh any gloves my hands are covered in blisters i haven't done a pull-up yet just from the friction of trying to hold the plate because you can hold it however you want but there's no it's so big there's no easy way to hold it so we ended up really just holding it two hands here lean forward head up you just drag it so like right on the knuckle of your back right here that sounds completely fun. rubbed yeah off. that sounds a lot of fun well i tell that, you what oh my gosh i we're gonna grill this weekend so i bought pellets from my trigger and the hundred yards from my door of my store to my truck, I, I put it on one shoulder, got halfway, I had to move it to the other shoulder because I was like, it was oh, awkward. Yeah. Like, 
that sucked for a hundred yards, let alone two and a half miles or whatever that trail and was. It wasn't solid iron. And it wasn't solid iron. <laughs> like, it, yeah, I just can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah, it's, and it's when he explains the points and stuff. You're like, all right, we walk the trail, and you're like, okay, it's a good trail. Some ups, some downs, it's okay. And then when you start, and so you know you're doing the trail, like that's not hidden. And then in the morning, because you walk it that night, and then in the morning when he talks about like, all right, you know, it's this many points. I think it's like 105 points every lap you do on the trail. You're like, okay. So you're like, doing the, that's going to be like a good break is hitting the trail. And he's like, but if you carry the plate, you get an extra thousand points per lap. So that's the equivalent of doing nine more laps. And you carry the plate every time. Every time. Every time. So at first you're like, it's a thousand points. You know, if it's, you know, if you get like, you know, if it's a hundred points and you get an extra 50 for carrying the plate, you're like, I'll just run more laps and get my points. But this one, when it's a thousand points, you're like, I wrote a contract myself. I said, I'm not taking a lap unless I take the plate. The funny thing in listening to this is, is like you said, the points don't matter, yeah. but, but we're talking about the points right now and uh-huh. the 45 point, you know, yeah, totally. pound weight gets you another thousand yeah. points. And it's just another, it's a different level of Jeez. motivation, right? Internal, external, like that one, like especially diesel day two, like you look at all the points and but then you have to look, you'd really have to break it down. Like it could never be an actual competition. Cause if, you know, <laughs> if you roll trail five times in a row and you're an ultra marathon or you just go crush it, I just roll man makers over and over again, yeah. depending on what your roles, there's too many variables for it to be like an actual competition, but there's still points because there's a, a way to track it and there's a way to track progress, things like that. Um, and then comparable, like being able to have some diagnostics on the whole event of everyone who's done it. You know, I looked at, I think I got, I think I did 11 trail runs in 32 hours. So that's 11, five Ks. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so you, obviously you're, you're getting limited sleep on that. What, what's the recovery like? after this is done, like after oh, this, this hold, event. Like, hold on, like <laughs> wait, this story afterwards, like <laughs> it's, it's, worse. it's worse than the actual <laughs> event. Like we'll just, we'll cut it down quick, but he gets done and literally finds out that all his girls are sick. Yeah. So he takes a two and a half, two hour Uber ride back to this, the friend's house to get home to have like, they're all, they're all like destroyed. Yeah. And then like, it has to be dad. So it's oh. not like, it's not like I'm going to sleep. Just, I'm going to just lay down. No, it's, I got to be a dad now and do Jeez. that. And like it was, it was a shit show. It was, yeah. And they were just about done. And I told Tosh and Nicole beforehand, like, Hey, my girls have to go to urgent care and hey, I'm finishing this. And they're not dead. So I'm not leaving. I'm going to finish, but I might have to get out of here. And they're like, there's no, like if you can get an Uber to come up here and then got there, ate some food. And then my wife was like, Hey, I kept the girls up so they could see you. And I was like, that was a terrible idea. <laughs> I haven't seen them for two days. So they're all excited and we try to go to bed and we just don't have the right space. And so, yeah, I sleep, I think I wear the whoop. So the whoop said, I mean, my exertion was just insane. Mm-hmm. And then my recovery, it was like, you need a minimum of 12 and a half hours of sleep. And I got 2.2 the first Jeez. night after. Yeah. The next day went swimming, took the girls out. I took a nap for an hour and a half and then rallied. And we had three days of driving back. And then I got sick that second day. And then we took three days, four hours a day driving back to Colorado or back to Iowa from Colorado. Do you think you got sick because your body was just so drained Mm -hmm. from everything? Plus you were around sickness anyway, but because your body was so messed up, Mm -hmm. you weren't fighting. You were just taking, taking it in. Yeah. My immune system was crushed. And then the girls like normally like they get sniffles and I'm fine, but they were kind of rough. And yeah, with a mixture of all that is the perfect cocktail recipe. Yeah, so imagine that. You just cr- finish this 32-hour event, no time to celebrate, 
Like really, it was just like, I'm in an Uber and I'm gone for the most part. Yeah, we were waiting. I was, that Uber's just circulating, trying to search for a ride. And so I remember every time I'm doing something, if I'm going too hard or too slow on an event, Tosh would be like, hey, what do you got next? What's next? And, you know, like most of the time it's like, hey, you're going too hard. Remember, like there's seven hours left or there's three hours left, or whatever. Like his reminder is like, what's, what are you doing for yourself right now? It's going to benefit you in 15 and five, 15 minutes from now and five hours from now. You know, if you're going way too hard, then in 15 minutes, you're going to be passed out. Or in 15 minutes, you're going to, or in five hours, you're going to be done. You're not going to be at the event anymore. Then you need to adjust what you're doing right now. But I remember I was rowing the last row and I'm, for me, I was crushing it. And he's like, what do you got after this? And it's the last hour. So I said, ice bath and a beer. And he's like, exactly. Let's fucking pick it up. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I, love I it. can't pull over. I'm already pulled over. <laughs> I can't pull over any further. Oh my gosh. That's great. So I try to turn it up and finish and exactly that finished. And I knew that the points were close that, and again, they don't matter what people buy into it. Like all the people that finished diesel day one are there. Everyone that's crew in there. We have a film crew there. So they're doing a documentary on this one. Yep. And I, I finished the row. Yeah. I finished the row at 44 and I pull it off and I was like, yeah, and you're done but it doesn't hit me yet. And we just all sit there. Mike's doing man makers next to me. And then we're all just watching the trail and watching the time. Cause every minute's five points for me to grow on the other guy. We're sitting there. And last time he finished in 56 minutes with four laps, he's on his fifth lap and we're just waiting. And then we're calling out times. When's he going to finish? And then you hear like, let's go. And he comes shooting up the mountain. He has his running poles and he comes up the hill, hits the driveway where your points hit and just drops. And then at the exact same time, Mike yells, time! Finish oh, the exact same wow. minute. Wow. That's cool. And so we're all just like, Phew. and then it's like, clap, clap, good job, good job. Kind of recover for a minute. And we take a picture, then Tosh gives kind of a debrief talk. He gets a little emotional. And then it kind of hits you. And you're like, man, I, and then it gets you in a place too where it's good to remember for me, and I know we're probably getting close, is in the midst of so many emotions of roller coasters, during the whole event and me completely convincing myself that I'm not going to be able to finish it. I'm going to just do the best I can during that time where I doubted myself. And I've, I've put myself through a lot and I know everything that I've accomplished, but I got to a point where I was like, I for sure can't do this. But in that exact moment that I thought that there was someone there who wasn't me who knew I could finish it. Yeah. And I think once you get to that place, like even when you're doubting yourself, there's other people who, who have more belief in you. And I just want to get to that point where I want to have that. I want to be surrounded by those type of people who never have doubt in me. But at the same time, I want to get closer to where I'm almost at that level where I have so much confidence in myself. I want to have as much confidence in me that Tosh had in me. Like he was like, I knew, I didn't know how it was going to happen. I knew you weren't going to quit. Uh, but I want to get to that point where I'm closer to that, where I know I don't want to get to the point where I'm like doubting. I just want to be able to control my mind more that if I was in this situation by myself, that I would have been able to push, push through that. And that's why, I mean, I just finish. When I finished the first one, I talked to Mike and I was like, he went, he's like, I'm going to bed. And we talked later at dinner. I'm like, you do diesel day too? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, not me, man. Like I checked my box. I did it. And then he signed up to do the next one and they're messaging me about it. Like, Hey, we got a good group. Film crew's coming out. Let's get the band back together. I was like, ah, 4th of July. I come up with every excuse again. Like it's 4th of July weekend. And then conversation with myself that's fourth of july weekend that's fair that's a good excuse not to do it and then then i'm like what are we doing for fourth of july oh nothing so okay there's an opening like well it's it's colorado you're from colorado like you have tons of friends and family there like maybe your wife wants to go like let's bring the whole gang let's do which is a terrible idea (laughs) in retrospect last time i flew out he picked me up at the airport hung out there and he took me back to the airport and this time i 
drop well, my yeah, dogs a, off. Yeah, there's a picture <laughs> of them driving out, and he's got his his vehicle, wife, two two kids, dog in the back. Like just, it's like the family Griswold. We're going across <laughs> the state. We're gonna do this. Uh, yeah, they drop me off, and I just punish myself for yeah. And then that one too, like the first time it was my first time meeting Tosh in person and Mike and it's a little more reserved. And this time it was like getting back together. So I got there and Tosh's like, you need a beer? And I'm like, after driving that whole way, I'm like, absolutely. And he's like, good. He's like, you know, I've, I probably had enough, but what's one more? And then we could like kept it going, you know, for a while. We nightcapped at like one thirty. Yeah. I was up at, I was up at five thirty, and then we started at eight thirty eight. had big breakfast, had Tosh's egg McMuffins and. He lays out the event. You don't know what it is again. So then he writes out what they are, your movements. And then you roll your dice and get to go. work. And they watch us go for an hour. And then on that next hour, they all started theirs. And you know what they're about to go through. And that was kind of cool, too, because you'd be on the trail and you run into, I mean, there's one of the girls there. And so far, she's lost 230 pounds. Wow. She was out there. So completely different, right? She's there for way different reasons than I am, probably better reasons. And, and it looks really different, right? She's not carrying a 55-pound plate running eight laps, right? She's making a lap here and there and just keep going, keep going. She's not doing pull-ups. She's not doing full push-ups. We're adjusting, scaling it to her ability level and just crushing it, and but battling herself and going through it with Tosh, and it was, it was really cool to see. But, I mean, I've talked to people, like, hey, you should come do something like this. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get my capacity back up there, and it's like it's your mind more than your body. Like what your, you know, what, how many reps you end up with or laps or stuff, that's going to vary to your fitness level, but the completion. I mean, you just try to walk for 24 hours. Just, just walk for 24 hours. That's hard. For sure. So people are like, well, I wouldn't be able to do that. And like, who cares? It's just different, you know, and you want, you want it to, you want it to be at your level. You, you, you know what the, the theme of what I'm hearing in this is no excuses. Yeah, for sure. Right. It's just throughout no excuses. Kind of like no fears, no doubts, no excuses. Yeah. And I've, after finishing this one, I got to a place. I told Tosh, I said, anything that you ever have that you want to test, that you want to do for your fundraisers, for anything, like anything that I can support or do, like no questions asked I'm there. 100%. Have you been drinking when you said that? Yeah. <laughs> he was six beers in right after his event. <laughs> He's like, I'll do that. whatever. <laughs> Let's run it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think those the post, post-event beers like that, it's like doing a long ride or race or anything. We can talk about it now and relive it, but the full experience still isn't there. So that first like debrief afterwards with people who just did the exact thing that you did, have the exact same emotions, different experience, but the same thing, that like post debrief beer of it's done, we're not procrastinating, it's completed, you know, the mission's accomplished, you're enjoying yourself. It's just, that's... I was happy to go see my wife and kids, but it was that like, I wanted to relish in that for a while and have the steak and sit, sit through that. And, you know, but same yeah, I thing. Think, I bet that was one of the best peps you've ever drank and one yeah. of the best steaks you've ever eaten. I didn't get to eat the steak. It wasn't done by the oh, time I yeah, left. I totally forgot about that. I remember walking out and they're all like cooking and stuff. I went and said bye to everybody and I went and grabbed all my bags. I got three, four bags. And I start walking back up that like half mile driveway that I'd sled drug 12 miles I start going up there and flip flops. You know, I'm pretty broken, just dragging these bags going. And then I just talk like, you fucking kidding me? He goes <laughs> running out, grabs the Ranger, whips me up there real quick. That's awesome. So I was just, well, he sounds like a cool dude. I'd love to talk to him sometime. And yeah. Just, he'd be, he'd be happy to, happy yeah. to talk to you we'll guys. Get him on and do this. Cause it'd be good to see from his perspective too, because 
you, he's obviously been there and done that, but then I'm interested in kind of what he sees through his eyes, watching you through this event and what he's looking for and what he's thinking. And cause I'm guessing it's just, it's just as brutal on him trying to do this for you guys as it is you guys doing it for yourselves and everything else. So, Oh, for sure. I would love to talk to him. And he totally puts, I mean, he puts his money where his mouth is. And you think like in Diesel Day 1, Diesel Day 2, I, I knew him better. You know, we part of it, if you sign up for an event, is you get him as like a life coach permanently. So I've, you know, and we've become friends after this. But anyone sure. who like does the event, you can reach out to him for support and things like that. But we talk about different things. But I knew him better on the second one. But the first one, like, <coughs> I'm like, man, he's just kind of letting us out here just like, going to town and seeing what happens. But then afterwards, like in debrief, he was telling me like, you ate this at this hour, you drank this at this hour, you ate this, you drank this, you drank this, you're at about this many calories. I knew I needed to get you up 50 calories per hour. So he was dialed in. in, but you come back in and he's just like, Hey, one more, one more and we'll rest. And you're like, man, this guy just wants more. There's it's never enough. He doesn't care about me. It's he just wants output. Though. He's just, he just wants me to get what I want to get out of it. What I said, I want to get out of it. And it's the same thing. It's something I leverage probably too much now is words and actions. Like if you're telling me you want one thing, but your actions are showing me something else, you're lying to me or you're lying to yourself. So you need your actions. <laughs> we and your we words just talked about up. that it's last pure week. Gold. I love yeah. It. yeah. And I, I like, I harp on that. My wife and I recently talked about, I'm like, you're saying you want this, but your actions are telling me you want this. So once those link up, I'm hundred percent, I'll support you. And I said, imagine like, I'm very much like, here's an analogy. I said, I tell you, I signed up for an ultra marathon on the 25th of September. And I said, if I told you, I want to win that ultra. And you're like, hell yeah. And I grab, you know, a six pack of Coca-Cola, and my Cheetos and turn on Netflix. You'd say, you say you want this, but your, but your body, actions yeah. are telling me you don't actually want, you don't want to put in the work for that. You just want the goal. The, you want the goal to happen, but you're not willing to put in the work for it. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to support you. But once you start putting in that work, like you, Put your, you lace up your shoe. It's the same thing. Like the people are like, oh, I want to lose this much weight or I want to run my first 5K. And it's like, go buy some shoes. And then let's let's go. Like we can talk about it all you want. Or people, and that we said already, but paralysis by analysis. Like there's so much information on the internet. So people are like, what's the best diet for me? What's the best workout program for my body type? You know, like all these things. And they just want to dig and dig, which is fine. But you should have started something at least. But people just sit there like, once I find the right thing, and they're searching, they get in the weeds so much with everything that they do nothing. And it's like, if you just got up and walked for 20 minutes, then you're on your way. The journey's already begun. But if we sit there and try to find the apps, what's the best? Is it CrossFit? Do I need to do Pilates, yoga, weightlifting, yep. whatever it is? And they just sit there and that's their, it's just another excuse for not doing something. And people are like, oh, I don't, I don't have the time. I don't have the equipment. And normally they're telling you that on like a Facebook post <laughs> and you're like, yep. you have time. There's always time. You just, you just gotta. You just have to prioritize it. Well, my favorite is this one. They say they don't have time, but then they talk about on Nef or um, on Facebook how many hours of Netflix they just binged. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's my favorite. And it's just all that's saying is it's not a priority, and it's yeah, it's a, it's yeah. fine. I don't hold it against anyone. But as long right. as you tell me that, if you're just like, if you tell me if I'm never going to do something like that, like that's cool. Like you and I, I don't think I'm better or worse than anyone for doing it. It's something I wanted to do. I don't care if anyone else yeah. does it. Yeah. But if you tell me like I could do that, I'm like, go do it. Check yep. it out. I had two to my Marine buddies and you get a scholarship from big fish. If you do it as a veteran. Um, and I told my buddies, I'm like, Hey, it's life changing experience. Go do it. I'll pay for it. They're like, yeah, I want to do one. I want to do one. I'm going to save some cash. And I'll pay for it. You go. <laughs> so, I, hey, they, they added another event. You see it? Crickets. This is what I mean. Yeah. You, you Call eliminate the, the excuse, yeah. right? I'll pay for it. Oh yeah. Well, it's not going to work this. Yeah. Like, like, do you live in Colorado? 
I'm I'm gonna pay for it. Everything it's, you just have to get there, and that's a drive. That's a thirty minute drive for you. Yeah. And then, but still something, and that's like words and actions. I want to do this. Okay, here's every opportunity for you to do it. Eh, next time. Yeah, there's always a, there's always that next time. Well, we need to end there. We usually go twenty minutes, and we're now an hour and almost twenty minutes. So, <laughs> um, I'm Matt, and I'm Jim, and I'm Andrew. Yeah. Andy, Uncle Andy, the, the girls call him Uncle, Uncle Andy. Andy. Yeah. We'll if, you see cut, if you cut out all the poor stuff I said, then it'll be 20 minutes. We'll be good. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll see you next time.